Amen. Some of you guys weren't ready for that. You're like, whoa, song's over. Okay. Amen. Can we just real quick take a moment and just kind of give the Lord a hand? And we could just worship the Lord this morning. Thank Him for His goodness. Amen. His mercy. How many know He's kind? Amen. He's faithful. Amen to us. And so you may be seated. Good to see everyone here today, this morning. And uh, I mean, you know, I looked out and I was like, wow, there's there's like really people here that are ready to worship, that are really ready to come to church and fellowship together. <clears throat> Amen. And uh, if you're visiting with us, uh, we just wanted to reiterate that uh, most of the time I go out, have a cup of coffee in the back, you know, uh, at the end of service. So if you're new and you'd um, just like to meet somebody or talk to somebody, I'll be back there getting my cup of coffee. And then, you know, so, so you know, if anybody's not doesn't show up, I'm still having a cup of coffee. So regardless, I'm just going to have my my cup of coffee afterwards. (laughs) You'd think I'd have enough before church, which I do, um, but I just need that little extra uh, taste. I think it's a good thing. Anyways, amen. So we're so uh, glad to be back. Actually, my wife and I were just away for a couple days and our family. We were down in uh, Franklin, Virginia at a wonderful, wonderful church there, Rock Church of Franklin with the Dillons, and it was their conference, their annual conference, and we go down and we just like the fellowship and and uh, excuse me, see everybody. I'm not a water guy, okay, but I need water. So my wife's like, "You got to drink water." I'm like, eh. "So I've never been one of those like preacher water guys. I don't know. I just never take time to like, bleh, 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 and everybody's looking at you and everything. But you're gonna have to bear with me because I'm gonna have to do one of those things today. <clears throat> Anyways, I'm sure, but it helps to take the lid off before you put it there. Anyways, so uh, I really want to just dive into the word today. <clears throat> so let's get right into it. I, I really uh, had. You know, just at communion, we, we talked about this, but um, I want to go back to Revelation chapter 12 and just kind of a mini series here that um, I, I intended it to be one week and it's just like it's getting longer and longer. So, it, you know, I don't know. Um, I'm thinking poor people. This is really bad. No, but uh, it's just one of those things where it's so much truth and God is just showing us so much truth about telling our story. So I want to continue on that today. <clears throat> and uh, if I could, but one of the things that's amazing is I'm so encouraged by that on social media um, I'm seeing more and more people share their story and uh, you know I'm just so excited about that last summer um, there was really a, a kind of a movement if you will on TikTok and and uh, where young people were really sharing their story and preaching the gospel and showing how they were getting baptized and and uh, getting saved from drugs and suicide and uh, isn't that good amen aren't you glad for that and so thankful for that and and I've just been seeing that in the last couple of weeks this one particular um, uh, person that I follow they've just been posting testimonies of people and it's so awesome I love it amen I love it amen and I think we just need more of it so it's exciting to see that well, anyways in Revelation <clears throat> chapter 12 we did um, quote it from this morning but I want to just read it and uh, <clears throat> John was speaking here and and in verse 10 and he says I heard a loud voice saying in heaven <clears throat> now is come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God <clears throat> Excuse me, I wasn't coughing when I was sleeping. I don't know why. It's really. Anyways. Anyways, and the power of his Christ for the accuser of our brethren, how many know that's the devil, is cast down, when, which accused them before God or the brethren, the saints, day and night. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb, by the, the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives even unto death. So I'm going to do my best to do this today. But we talked about it earlier. How many know it's the blood? plus your story equals victory. 
Amen? And so we talked about this and we see this and I want to just bring some truth out about this, about telling your story. I believe and I think and I'm seeing and I'm perceiving that we really, really need to as the church lift our story and the testimony of Jesus like never before. We can't hide. We can't be silent. How many know the devil wants to silence us, right? Religious people want to silence people uh, that have the good news in their mouth. But I believe that if, if ever a time in history, not just one person, not just a handful of people, thank God for those men of faith and women of faith, but how many know it's the whole church? The whole church needs to lift their voice in this hour and talk about the goodness of God, the grace of God, the power of God, and how other people can be saved. And so I see that, and I really um, feel that. And so we talked about, last week we talked about this scripture, just took it right, excuse me, right down how it says it, overcoming the blood of Jesus, and it says the word of their testimony. I want to talk to you today about the testimony. So... There's three things that I'm just going to share with you because it's not just, not just uh, you know, we talked about it last week, you know, sharing something positive in church or, you know, or just every once in a while putting a bumper sticker on your car about Jesus. How many know it's much more than that? And I want to bring you some truths out about that. And so I'm hoping that I can encourage you and build you up and really talk about and, uh, the importance of your story. <clears throat> so we see here that just want to begin, and if you're writing notes, there's three things I want to share about the testimony or your testimony, and that is number one, telling your story, <clears throat> sharing the gospel, and speaking the truth. And I think that's what it breaks down to as the testimony that we have. So it's telling your story, it's sharing the gospel, <clears throat> and it's speaking the truth. And so we know that when we talked about last week, we also know that <clears throat> when we talk about testifying or being a witness, we automatically go right into... Our, our, how did we met Jesus? Is that right? How we got saved? It's also this declaration of our faith. It's a, it's a profession of our faith. That's what it means to testify. Can I get a witness? There you go. That's how it works. And anyway, so, so we're testifying, and <clears throat> that's really what it's about. But your story of redemption is like a fingerprint. Did you know that? It's unique. It's personal. It's what you know. It's what you have right now. How many know you can say, I really don't move in a whole lot of gifts, but one thing I do have is I have my story. I have my testimony. <clears throat> you know, God always uses us like that. How many know God speaks like that and uses like When he talked to Moses and he said, Moses, what's the first thing he said? What's in your hand? What do you have in your life? What's going on? What, what can you do right now? What do you have? How many know that's how God uses you? Not with what you will be or what you can, you know, someday. No, it's what you have right now, what you can do right now. That's how the Lord uses you. And so your story of redemption is like a fingerprint. It's awesome. It's amazing. People need to hear it. you got to share it. Amen. The world needs it. Right? Amen. Your story is unique. And so we, we want to encourage you. But I, I, I'm just thinking and seeing that, unfortunately, I've seen that, uh, notice that, Many people get caught up in how bad they were, how much sin they committed before they were saved. And somehow it, it qualifies them to testify. How many know it's not about that? Some people actually wear their past or their sins in their past or their testimony or whatever, how bad they were, as a badge of honor among other Christians. I can reach people, you can't. Look at me, I got this testimony. How many know it's not about how bad you were, it's about how good God was to you? Amen. Yes, it was. And so that's what's important to understand. So now God can use your backstory of sin. God can use your testimony. Certainly, He can do that. And He does that a lot of times. But let me just say this. It's the same blood and the same grace that would save a six-year-old and a serial killer. Yeah. That's right. 
Same blood, isn't it? Same power, same forgiveness, same redemption, same salvation, isn't it? Yes, it is. And so it's not so much about how, how bad we were or what really happened as much as it is what Jesus did for us. In fact, let me go a little further and say, your story goes on. It's not just about one-time event. It is what Jesus did. Yes, it is. But how many know it's about what He's doing right now? And it's about what He wants to do, what He will do. How many know that gives hope to some people? You tell, you tell them what God wants to do, or what He can do, or what He's doing right now. That, br that brings hope. That's not just about, well, when I got saved. You know, that's good. How many know that's a good starting point? A lot of times that's a good springboard. That's a good platform to start on. How you got saved. How you met Jesus. How you came to the truth. How God turned your life around. That's a great platform. That's a great springboard. But how many know we don't limit that. We don't limit our story to just our past. Come on somebody. Amen. Because how many know God didn't just move in your life back then. He's moving today. He's doing something right now in your life. He wants to do something tomorrow in your life. How many know he's got a great plan for your life. Amen. So he wants to do more, and so that's part of our story. It's not just, I, don't, I just want you to, to think about this. Don't limit it to how I got saved. Now, I'm not saying that's not good. Again, that's a good platform, but don't limit it to that because how many know there's much more that Jesus wants to speak to other people through your life? Amen? And so <clears throat> I just want to say that in Christ, as we said last week, your story is married to something greater than your experience. Is that right? Why? Because my experience can't defeat the devil alone. My experience can't get anybody saved. But how many know the blood can? The word can. Is that right? And so it's, it's more than just my experience. I'm not just limiting it to how I got saved. There's much more that God wants to speak through me to other people. Amen. And so your experience really, again... Is, is good, it's great, that's where we start, but sometimes we need something greater, not sometimes, all the time, we need something greater than just our experience, how I feel about God, what, what happened to me the day, how many know there's a little, little more to your testimony than that? Amen. <clears throat> yes, there is. And so also, I just wanted to say this, that if we limit our testimony to our experience, that's where sometimes we can become paralyzed by fear. We, can, we measure ourselves to other people, don't we? Well, it's not as good as this other guy in our church, right? Come on, we measure ourselves to other people. And the Bible says, <clears throat> that's not good. But also, it, it's where the enemy can bring guilt about your past, and therefore, you have no impact. There's just no impact. And so it's just not limited to, you know, uh, your experience. <clears throat> and also, I just wanted to throw this out. It's not limited to a couple other things. How many know it's not limited to your education? Your story is not limited to how much you know, how much you're educated, right? Come on, to your race, wherever you come from, your language that you speak. How many know your testimony isn't limited to those things? And your testimony is not limited to public speaking. <laughs> how many know still the top three or whatever it is, fear among humanity is still public speaking? But how many know it's not limited to how well you speak? Your story isn't limited to that. Your testimony isn't limited to that. Paul said, I don't come to you with enticing words or, or, or these glamorous words. He said, I just come to you with a testimony of Jesus Christ. Amen. With eloquent speech, he said, or enticing words. He said, I just come with the power of God, what Jesus Christ. He said, I don't want to know anything among you except Jesus and Him crucified. How many of that's easy to remember, isn't it? Amen. And so don't limit it to just your education and some other things. 
<clears throat> Let me just share a couple other things about your story before we move on. Your story has the ability, or, or exactly, I want to just say this, has the power to change other people's lives. Your story has the power to change your family. How many believe that? Your marriage, your community, your city, your story has the power to change other people's lives. Let me give you some scripture examples that I see in the scriptures and <clears throat> scriptural references to that. In John chapter 4, Jesus ministered to the Samaritan woman, the woman at the well, we call her. And this is what it says. <clears throat> Excuse me. It says, the people of the city, after they, they came, this woman told her story about meeting Jesus. The Bible says the people of the city later said, now we believe Jesus, not just because of your story, but we've experienced him ourselves. Amen. In Matthew chapter 4, the Bible says that Jesus went about preaching and teaching and healing the sick. And it says that his fame spread afar. The whole region, uh, the Bible says, was affected by his, his uh, ministry. And the Bible says that people came from 90 miles away just because of what they heard about Jesus Christ. I mean, you know, that's, that's affecting people, isn't it? Amen. Acts chapter 4, after the lame man was healed, over 5,000 people were born again because of this man's story. He said, I don't even know the guy's name. I don't remember. But, but, you know, come on. And he said, I was healed. Amen. I was at the gate beautiful for years and years and years. And all I know is I'm healed. Amen. The Bible says that over 5,000 people got saved just because of his story. Amen. The disciples were also put in prison. But that's the next sermon. Amen. No, just kidding. Amen. But how many know there's great effect in your story? There's great power in your story. I love this account in Mark chapter 5. Mark chapter 5. The man who was delivered from 2,000 demons. How many remember that story? That's a tremendous story. Jesus said this to that man after he was healed. Go home, tell your friends, and tell them how great things the Lord has done for you and, and had compassion on you. The Bible says that he de departed and he began to publish in his hometown how great things Jesus had done for him and all men did marvel. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. And so, not, amen. And so, so the Bible says that there was great impact and great power. And there's so many other accounts I could give, but I just wanted to give those. And so the uh, second thing I wanted to say about your story is <clears throat> your story comes from your heart. Your story comes from your heart. And the Bible says that we've had a renewed mind. We have a regenerated spirit. My story doesn't come from something I memorized because I was taught that in Sunday school or we hand out this brochure here and this is how, what you're supposed to say to people. Amen. My story comes from my heart. Amen. It comes from a born-again spirit. I've had an experience with the Lord. How many know it comes from your heart? And so some people limit it. Well, I don't know what to say. What's, you know. hey, how many know the Romans Road is amazing? It's powerful. I've used it. Other, other things, I've done those things. I've, I've used those things. I've, I, they're amazing. But how many know it really ultimately comes from my heart? Because I'm not talking about a statue. I'm talking about a person. I'm not talking about a form of religion. I'm talking about the man himself, Jesus Christ. I'm talking about, amen, God himself. Amen. So it's from my heart. Talking about this relationship, and it comes out of my heart. See, other religions, what I've noticed in the research and study and some other things I've seen, is that other religions kind of rehearse a theological statement, something that's been prepared for them, something that, that they've been taught to say, or something that's been passed down through ancestors. A, a story about, you know, one day, you know, this guy came out of the moon, and, you know, come on, that, that's been passed down. But we don't, we share from our hearts. Amen. From a regenerated heart. Amen. What Jesus said. How many know that makes it personal to people? It makes it tangible. It makes it like, wow, that's, that's real to you. Amen. So I want to encourage you to do that. And, and some of you, you say, well, I'm not good at public speaking. When I speak, I sound like a robot. That's okay. 
Amen? Just be the robot 2.0. Do something different. You know, come from a heart. Amen? Hallelujah. And the third thing I want to share about your story when it comes to telling your story is your story is good. Your story is wonderful. It needs to be said. It needs to be heard. It needs to be published. It needs to be, uh, everybody needs to know it. But let me just say this. Your story is not the gospel. Your story is not the gospel. So that leads me to my second point today of what a testimony is, and that is sharing the gospel. How many are thankful for the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ? Amen. The Bible says that Jesus came preaching the gospel of the kingdom. Paul said, I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation. Amen. And many other accounts and talks about the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we've broken that down. And I think it's good to break it down for us, make it simple for other people. The Bible says that there is a simplicity in Christ, not complication in Christ. How many know it's easy to get saved? It's not complicated. It's not hard. It's very easy to get saved. So we, we, but we have to do that sometimes. We have to, you know, break it down. <laughs> I've had all kinds of stuff and all kinds of pamphlets, how to know Jesus, how to repent. I've, I think it's wonderful, right? That's great. Makes it simple. Makes it clear. And uh, we talk about sharing the gospel. And so however you think of that, these two words in the Bible, testify, testimony, being a witness, a witnessing, whatever, these two words <coughs> are linked to sharing the gospel. That's how the gospel. There's a, a, other words that Jesus taught us about teaching and preaching. They're also linked, linked to sharing the gospel. But I just want to just uh, point this out, that when you talk about the words testimony and witness, what do you think about? Well, they're legal terms. They're legal terms, okay? How many know that, you know, what, what that means is, <clears throat> it's usually is that there's a statement or there's, you know, this declaration of a witness under oath, usually in court. It's usually evidence in support of a fact or, or a statement. How many know that's to testify? How many have ever testified? Yes, you did. You, some of you had to testify. Some of you had to be a witness. Some of you had, and what does that mean? That simply means to give an account of something, doesn't it? It means to, re to kind of rehearse what happened or, you know, whatever. It means to, <clears throat> let, me, let me just say this, show evidence. It means to testify to the facts. A, a witness is not somebody that comes in and makes up a story right on the spot. It's a witness that testifies to the facts of what happened, gives proof, eyewitness account. They speak as a representative of the truth. How many know that's, a, that's to give testimony? How many know that's what we're supposed to do about Jesus? We're supposed to give evidence that Jesus is real. We're supposed to give witness and testimony to the fact that Jesus Christ is Lord. We are representatives of the truth. That God's word is the truth. How many believe it is the truth? He is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. And we bear witness to that. That's what word means in the Bible, to bear witness to the fact. I mean, no, this isn't a story we're talking about today. We're not here because of a Christian story. We're here because of a fact. God loved the world so much that he gave. That's a fact. Jesus came to the earth. That's a fact. Amen. Come on. Jesus was crucified on the cross, died, rose again. He's coming back. He lives right now in heaven. That's a fact. So we give testimony to the fact. The whole truth, nothing but the truth. Is that right? Amen. So that's what we do, and that's what we are. We are a testimony, or to testify, and to be a witness to the truth. Amen. I'm so thankful for that. Aren't you glad that we don't have to make stories up about Jesus? We, we don't go, go make up stories. We just testify to the truth, to the facts. We give evidence. 
Right? Come on, we give proof, infallible proofs that God is love. He loves you. Jesus is real. He will forgive you. How many of those proof to that, right? Amen. And so bearing witness or being a witness is acknowledging and declaring that Jesus is the Christ. That's what it means to testify. It doesn't mean just make up a story. It just it doesn't mean like, okay, what's that one testimony about that one guy in our church? No, it's to give the acknowledge and to declare that Jesus is the Christ. That's why when Jesus said to Peter, upon this rock, that revelation, that's the testimony of Jesus. Ready? Remember when Peter said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God? He said, that's the testimony right there. That's it right there. You're acknowledging and you're declaring the truth that's already there. You're all, you can, come on, right? Amen? And so I, I like to think of it that way. I also like to think of it this way, that this is how the glory of the Lord is going to cover the earth. This is how the glory of God is going to fill the earth. Well, it's going to be this cloud that comes down and mystical and it's just going to... No, it's because the church is publishing the name of Jesus. That's what it means. It means to publish. It means to declare. It means to not just give a, a proof to, it also means to declare and to give evidence of or to, to publish something. Amen. So this is how the glory of the Lord is going to fill the whole earth. This is how Jesus will become known. How many believe that we are to make Jesus famous? We are to make Jesus popular. Come on, somebody. Amen. We are to publish his name. We are to glorify him. We are to declare his word in the earth. Amen. How many believe Jesus is going to get real popular? Amen. Come on. I like what old timer said. He said, when the Jesus rate goes up, the crime rate goes down. And I believe that's what needs to happen in Williamsport. The Jesus rate needs to go up because people are talking about him and, and singing about him and writing about him and wearing shirts about him. And they're, Come on, somebody. Amen. And that's what happens. He gets published. He gets, he gets declared by the church. And this is how it's going to happen. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Not just pray so. Not just sing so. Say so. Declare so. Publish so. Amen means to lift him up, to make him known, to glorify him, to publish his name. Can I just let you just get, think about this for a moment? This is what heaven is doing right now. This is what heaven's been doing from way before time began, is publishing Jesus Christ, making him known, glorifying. Is anybody listening? Amen this morning. You got that? I mean, this is what heaven's doing right now. This is what we will be doing for the rest of eternity. Billions and billions of years from now, we will be glorifying the Son of the living God. Amen. I'm practicing right now. Let's get some practice in right now. Amen. Let, let's go. But more than that, let's tell people about the wonderful things that Jesus Christ has done. That's what makes it good news. If it's good news to you, it'll be good news to other people sometimes. Come on. Amen. But if it's bad news, well, it's bad news to everybody. Amen. But that's what it is. And so <clears throat> I believe that as we do that, that his story, changing your story, is making history. Amen. So it's his story, changing your story. As people see it in your life, and they not just hear it from you, but they see it in your life. This is being a witness. This is being a, having a testimony. <clears throat> Let me go a little further. I like what John the Baptist wrote in John chapter 1, verse 32. He, he declared this. He said, <clears throat> actually it says that John testified to this. He said, I saw the Holy Spirit descending like a dove from heaven and resting upon him or Jesus. I didn't know who he was. 
I didn't know he was the one, is what John said. And, but when God sent me to baptize with water, he told me, the one on whom you see the Spirit descend and rest is the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. In verse 34, I saw this happen to Jesus, so I testify that he is the chosen one of God. How many know he was there? He saw it happen, right? He was a living witness. You can't take that away from John the Baptist. I was there, he said. Amen. In fact, uh, John, the disciple, says it later. We'll share that in a little bit. But Jesus said this to us. He said, you need to go and preach and give evidence that God sent Jesus. These signs shall follow those who believe. And what are believers supposed to do? Go and preach. Is that right? As we go and we declare the word, we declare our testimony, we declare the gospel of Jesus, that we do it with evidence that God is real. We do it with evidence that God is real. And let me just say this to Christians especially. Keep in mind that this is not optional. This is a command. Let's keep that in mind. This is not optional or a suggestion. This is, this is why God sent the Holy Spirit. Anybody? Is that what the Bible says in Acts chapter 1, verse 8? And let's read that. It said, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me, or my witnesses, in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and all the ends of the earth. Let me just say this. I am his witness with his gospel doing his work. Aren't you glad it's not ours? It's not our church? We, hey, we make this publication about, you know, whatever. No. We're doing, it's about him, right? We're his witnesses. I'm not just a witness, I'm his witness. I'm his witness. Are you his witness, amen? Are you his witness to the truth, to the fact that he loved you, he died for you? Are you a witness to that? Yes, you are, amen. Rhetorical question, by the way. And so we're his witnesses. I love that. I like to say that because, boy, that takes all the pressure off me, doesn't it? Doesn't that take the pressure off you? You're his witness, with his gospel, doing his work, not yours, not your gospel, not your gifts. Come on. And so that, that's what I love that about that. And let me just say this about the Holy Spirit coming. The Holy Spirit makes you a credible witness. I said the Holy Spirit makes you a credible witness. Jesus said he's going to come on you and you're going to be my witnesses. Once you receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, it makes you credible. In other words, what you say about Jesus according to the word is right. You are a credible witness. How do I say that? Because God did something for you. You were there. You touched him. You saw him. You experienced it. You were on the scene when Jesus saved you. You're a living witness to the power of God. You were there when he healed you. Come on, somebody. Amen. You've seen it for yourself. You're a living witness. Amen. To the power of the living God. And in 1 John, the disciple of John says this. He says in 1 John chapter 1, verse 1 and 3, he says, That which we have seen and heard from the beginning, declare we unto you that you might have fellowship with us. Now this was 60 years after the resurrection. 60 years after the resurrection, people were saying that, that Jesus really didn't resurrect from the dead. Or they were saying certain things and teachings about uh, God and about Jesus and the words of Jesus and the disciples. And John stood up and he said, Wait a second, fellas. I want to tell you something right now. We were there. I was there. I touched him. I ate supper with him. We slept in the same stables together as we traveled. Come on, somebody. I, saw, I was holding the guy up who he healed. Come on, I haven't been, been catchers, right? <laughs> People get slain out. That's, what, that's that 90s term. Amen? 
Come on, I was there. I watched eyeballs being formed. I watched people getting out of their casket. I was there when he spoke to Lazarus to get out of that tomb. And I was holding my nose when he came out. Amen. I'm a credible witness. I was there. What did Jesus say to Thomas? Blessed are those who see me and believe, but more blessed are those who have not seen me yet believe. Amen. Is that right? How many of that know that's us? But we can say I'm a credible witness because the Holy Ghost has called, come on me and given me the power to be a witness in the earth to Jesus Christ. Amen. The fact that he rose again and saved me, I'm a credible witness to that. I was there. He touched me. You can't take that away from me. You can't argue a miracle from me. Come on, somebody. Amen. We might debate on theological things and, and, and scientific things and historical things, but how many know on a personal level, you can't take that from me? You're not going to discredit the testimony of Jesus in my life. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. And some of you have witnesses. Doctors were witnesses to your miracle. Your neighbors are witnesses to your miracles. Amen. They were there. They saw it. They saw how bad you were. They saw what a rotten scoundrel you were. And now they're a living witness. Jesus changed your life. Something amazing's happened in your life. Amen. So to testify and to witness also think about it this way, is a manifestation and a demonstration of the truth. It's a manifestation of the truth. So what I'm saying to you, by miracle, you'll see that what I'm saying to you is true. How many know that's what it means to go, amen, and heal the sick, cleanse the leper, raise the dead, is giving evidence to the truth. Is that right? Amen. So it's a testifying to witness, is a manifestation and a demonstration of the truth. <clears throat> I need to hurry along here. That's why we preach the gospel with signs following. In Acts chapter 4, verse 33, I love this account. It says, With great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, and God's great grace was so powerfully at work on them. How many know they, they use signs and wonders as a testimony? The resurrection is true. How many know that we are called to lay hands on the sick? Is anybody here? Amen. Not just on Christians in church on Sunday, but on the sick. Raise the dead. Amen. And if you just happen to be in a situation where you're, you're forced to drink poison, it's not going to kill you. That's what Jesus said. Is that right? Amen. Because of, of the gospel. And so Acts 8, 6. Let me just go through some scriptures and get to my last point. Acts 8, 6. It says, when the crowds heard that Philip, when they heard Philip, notice when they heard Philip, and they saw the signs he performed, they all paid close attention to what he said. How many know this is a manifestation and demonstration? Philip came to Samaria, preached Christ unto them. That's what it says in Acts 8. Came down, come on somebody, preached Christ unto them. And they were like, yeah, this is great. We heard about Jesus. He was in our town, touched this one woman. We heard about him. Yeah, yeah, he's really cool. But all of a sudden, when they heard his testimony and they saw what he did, all of a sudden it confirmed something in them. It bore witness inside of them that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. Amen. 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 Hearing and seeing the things which were done. That's important in our testimony, isn't it? So the third thing is not just sharing the gospel, but it is speaking the truth. Speaking the truth. This is really kind of ties into Revelation 12 a little bit more. As I read it. So testimonies. What does that mean, testimonies? Oh, well, that just says, you know what we, we, we say in church. I'm going to give a testimony. I'm going to give a church. That's good. But it's speaking the truth. It also means this. That word testimony is a biblical term that means the precepts of God. 
It literally is the original law or the Ten Commandments. That's what it refers to. It is in those, those, <coughs> that original uh, uh, word that was inscribed into two tablets. Also, because it talks about the ark in which the tablets were kept. It talks about the ark of testimony, doesn't it? The Old Testament. Look it up. It calls it the ark of the testimony or of testimony. How many know the testimony is about the word of God? All right. Scripture. Revelation chapter 12. Remember it says the word of their testimony? How many, we, we've quoted that a couple times. The word of their testimony. Let me just point something out to you. <clears throat> the emphasis in the Greek. The emphasis is not on they overcame him. That's not the emphasis. The emphasis is not their testimony. Oh, we talked about that. That's important. But that's not the emphasis. The emphasis is on the word. It's on the word. The word of their testimony. The word in the Greek, it literally means God's word. It literally means God's word. Or it is, it is their testimony. By the word of their testimony, one translation says, can be used also to describe the message that God gave them. They repeated it. How many know we have the word of God? So not only do you have your experience and your story, not only do you have the gospel of the kingdom and what Jesus did and came to do, but how many know you have the word of God, the entire word of God? So when you give a testimony, it's not just saying about what Jesus did in your life, it's talking about the whole word of God. How many know in this hour, in this nation, we need to speak the truth? We've got to speak the word of God, amen. We've got to declare the scriptures, amen. I believe that Jesus is like, I love you guys, you know, you're doing good, but some of you are getting it wrong really bad. You're, you're not even close to quoting the word. Amen. We like quoting from, from Abraham Lincoln and, and Benjamin Franklin, you know, but we don't really know about Paul and Jesus. You know, it's just like, well, I, I got to look it up. Amen. How many know we need to declare the word? Amen. We got to declare the word of God. Amen. And so that's what that, what that means. Now, also, the word of their testimony, that word there <coughs> means what we know, as the, the Bible describes, is a great and powerful weapon against the enemy. It is an instrument of spiritual warfare. You know where I'm going with this. Because in Revelation chapter 12, what's happening? There is a war going on in heaven against Satan and the church. And what is it that overcomes the devil? The word. The sword. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 6, it is the sword of the Spirit. Come on, somebody. Amen. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are what? Mighty to the pulling down of strongholds. So your testimony, when you're talking about Scripture and you're talking about the Word of God, it's mighty, it's powerful to the pulling down of strongholds. How many know, are here as a result of somebody shared some scripture with you and it destroyed some things in your life? It broke some addictions in your life. It set you free from some things. Is anybody listening? Amen. Somebody gave you the scripture, whether it was in Sunday school or at the bar or at a party or in a parking lot. I don't know where it was, but that word of God hit you right between the eyes and set you free. Amen. We don't just go by our experience. We don't just go by, well, you know, in one day. No, we go with the Word of God. Amen. There's something behind in our arsenal, as you will, and that is the Word of God. Amen. How many know Paul said he went and he, he uh, uh, and many times went into these synagogues and he disputed the Word of God? How many know it's good to have some discussions, right? Some theological discussions, but my goodness, it's got to be based on the Word. 
Amen? All right, you know where I'm going with that. So we are witnesses to the truth and about the truth. You're a witness to the truth. You're a witness that the Word of God is historically accurate. You're a witness to the fact that this is the infallible Word of God. How many know we need to hear that in our, in our generation? Amen. I'm, a, I'm sorry to say that there's a weakness that's in the church. Amen. About questioning everything and, 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 and deconstructing. And I believe that deconstruction of the truth is good because if it's the truth, it will remain. You can break it down, turn it inside out any way you want to. It'll still remain the truth. But it's a philosophy of man. It'll crumble. It won't last. It won't stay. And some of you even say, well, I, I just need to, do I believe what I believe? I think that's a good question. I mean, no, don't, don't ever go to a church that doesn't allow you to question what you believe. <clears throat> Uh-oh. I was plowing. I hit a stump. We were doing good. Come on, somebody. The Bible said, Paul, or Paul was preaching, he said, search the scriptures for yourself and see if these things are not true. If it's the truth, it's going to be there. And let me tell you something, if you love the truth, you're going to find the truth. Hello, all these people that are questioning the truth, questioning the Bible, questioning the reality, how many, if they really love the truth, they're going to, they're going to run right into it. Because you can't damage the truth, you can't ruin it, you can't kill it, it remains solid, it remains alive. Is that correct? Amen. And so we, we are a witness to that. We are a witness to the truth. If people don't believe you, that's okay. God bless them. But we're still a witness to the truth. Amen. Some of you are out there and say, well, I only know a couple of scriptures. I don't even know. That's okay. You're still a witness to the truth. Amen. And a witness about the truth. And let me just say this statement because I've got to hurry along. You're being so patient. It's great. <clears throat> Amen. So we're, he is a witness to the truth. But let me just say this. It is confirming the truth, not creating truth. That's the difference. So the difference in our culture today is it's confirming the truth. Aren't you thankful that we don't have to make anything up? It's already established. It's confirming the truth, not creating truth. There's a lot of people today trying to create new truth. I mean, no, you're not going to create a new Jesus. He was before the world began. <laughs> Amen? I've heard people preach that, that the God of the Old Testament was grumpy and had a bad attitude sent people fire down on people, but the God of the New Testament is warm and fuzzy and full of grace. Let me tell you something, same God. Jesus didn't, you know, God didn't get saved and became Jesus. He always was. He always will be. He's the same God, same nature. You just need to learn how to read the book a little bit more and meet him and understand him and know that that's the same God. And we're a witness of that. We're confirming the truth. We're confirming that the God of the Old Testament is the God of the New Testament. And the God of the New Testament is coming back. Amen. And he's real and he loves people and he saves people and he delivers people and he's full of grace and truth. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. And so the revelation, revelation speaks the message of God that they told people. That's what it's saying. The message of God they told people. The powerful word of their testimony. That's what it's talking about. Of his testimony. Of God's word. And so Jesus said that the Holy Ghost came to bear witness with the truth. How many know the Holy Ghost comes on your life? You're baptized with the Holy Ghost. He doesn't just empower you to be a witness. He confirms the truth. He'll lead you to the truth. He's not going to lead you off somewhere else and your own philosophy and come on, stuff like that. He's going to lead you where? Right back to the simple truth, to the established truth. He's going to confirm the truth. He's going to reveal the truth. And I need to hurry. But there are many <clears throat> ways that we can testify the truth. We're preaching and teaching, declaring, publishing, uh, all kinds of stuff. David said this, I will speak, I will declare, I will sing. So there's many ways. How many know there's many ways to testify? 
of his wonders, of his acts, his goodness, his loving kindness. Let me read some scriptures out of Psalms. In Psalms 145, verses 11 and 12. I believe that I have it on the slide. God's people, this is they, God's people, tell of the glory of your kingdom and speak of your might so that all people may know of your mighty acts and the glorious splendor of your kingdom. Psalms 40, verse 10, I have not kept the news of your salvation to myself. I have always spoken of your faithfulness and help. In the assembly of all your people, I have not been silent about your loyalty and consistent love. How many know we got to lift our voice? we got to tell our story. Amen. In Psalms 96, I like this one. In verse 2 and 3, <clears throat> sing unto the Lord, bless His name, show forth His salvation from day to day. How many know this is a daily witness? This is a daily thing. This is not a one-time thing. Declare His glory among the heathen. Not the Christian, the heathen. <clears throat> Amen. Speak about His wonders among all people. Not just believers or your friends. Among all people. So it's to help people know God, become aware of God, and to fear God. Or to come to a place of honoring God in such a way that they worship Him. That's what David wrote. David said, I'm going to be a faithful witness. I'm going to be a faithful witness on your power. Whether I'm on the backside of the desert with a bunch of sheep, or I'm in the palace, or I'm, it doesn't matter where I am, I'm going to be a faithful witness. I'm going to sing, I'm going to declare, I'm going to talk about it. Because this is my story, Amen. Right? Amen. Real quick. Philip and the eunuch. Philip and the eunuch. Uh, in, in Acts 8, we kind of read that or talked about it a little earlier. But after Philip had this mighty revival in Samaria, the Bible says, go down to, to this path. And, and I want you to head down towards, uh, you know, towards the south. And I want you to... to and so he, he did and he saw this guy... Uh, you know, in his chariot, and he was just a, 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 of royalty, and he was of, of great position, and he was reading the book of Isaiah. Think about it. And what did the Bible say? God said, go, uh, go join yourself to him, and I want you to talk to him. How many know that's how the Spirit leads you? He just says, go somewhere. Just, just go over and talk to him. How many know you don't need lightning bolts and flashes and red lights and all this stuff? Sometimes you just, if you see somebody grab their side, Holy Ghost, go over there. Amen. Anyways, so <clears throat> Philip and the eunuch, and it says, so it says this in Acts chapter 8, verse 35. This eunuch didn't understand. He, he was reading Isaiah and he didn't understand what it said. And so the Bible says this in Acts. He says, then Philip <clears throat> opened his mouth and began at the same scripture and preached unto him Jesus. The same scripture that he was reading, he didn't understand, but Philip understood it. He was reading the scriptures, but he didn't understand the scriptures. How many know there's a lot of people going to church, but they're not saved? There's a lot of people that want to be involved in religion, but they don't know Jesus. Amen? And so that's what it says. And so the Bible says that he opened up the scriptures and revealed Jesus to him. Jesus on the road to Emmaus, Luke chapter 24. The Bible says that two men were walking, talking about the things happening. Jesus appeared to them. And he kind of acted a little dumb and he didn't under, you know, kind of, hey, what's going on? What are you talking about? They're like, are you kidding me? Are you, you don't understand what's going on? Man, all this stuff going on and, and, and what, what does this mean? And the Bible says in Luke chapter 24, verse 27, <coughs> Jesus, beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. How many know your testimony reveals Jesus Christ? It reveals the word of God. The word of God reveals Jesus. How many believe the word is Jesus? The real, it's all about Jesus. It reveals Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. And so it's the, it's the, it's the uh, declaring of the gospel. It's all those things, but it's preaching the truth. <clears throat> and let me just say this lastly before I have you stand. It's not your words that heal people. It's not your words that save people. It is the word of God. Can you say, can, can you say amen? 
yeah, your testimony can get people to this place. And it can bring people and, and all these things. And we share the gospel. It's the word of God. And so I want to just encourage you that it, it's not your, your, your words that give life. It's the words of Jesus. That's what we need to focus on this hour and this day. It's the words of Jesus. Yes, I can add my two cents in and how I got saved. That's important. I mean, that's, you know, I don't want to downplay that. That's so important. That's very important. But how many know you don't just leave people there? There is a word that you have to give people sometimes. Not all the time. Sometimes, right? Giving them life, giving them the word. And so how many know we need to tell your story, amen, share the gospel, and we need to declare the truth. Is that right? Amen. Can we stand on our feet today? <clears throat> Just a couple of the things I want to share before we leave today. And so as we see in Revelation, it's the blood of the Lamb, our testimony, and courageous living. So it's our experience, it's the gospel, it's the word of God. Those things that we see. <clears throat> Amen. And so let me just say this, that as, as we, I just want to ask this question. This was my heart today. I want to give you a quote before we leave. A tremendous quote that really moved me and I, I wanted to read it. But let me just ask this question. Who needs your story? Who needs it? And that really is just a simple answer. Everybody. Everybody. You, you see, if we look in this, in this account, we, we look at the scripture. Is, is the victory just for us? Is the blood of Jesus just for us? Is courageous living just for us? No. It's for the world. It's for everyone. It's for everyone. Everyone needs to hear it. Nobody is excluded. Nobody is excluded from hearing this. How many can lift your hand to heaven and say, I believe everybody needs to hear the gospel. Everybody needs to hear your story. Everybody needs to hear about the blood. Everybody needs to hear about the goodness of the Lord. Everybody. You know, and sometimes we... Okay, just, you know, I was thinking about this in a major crisis. I, I thought about this this morning. And when we get to a major crisis, and let's say that there's a, a, an earthquake, and, and it's a major, major crisis, and power's out, and there's no water, who needs it first? Who needs water first? Is it people that live, uh, you know, in these, uh, you know, far away from the earthquake? And, and the, you know, is it, or is it people that are right there in ground zero, and they have no water? How many know it's the people that need it the most? It's the people that need it the most. And we've got to be able to say, Lord, who needs this the most? Who needs the gospel the most right now? Because in an emergency situation, in a crisis situation, because how many know lives are valuable? Lives are on the line and lives are important to God. And it's a crisis situation in some people's lives. And we need to say, Lord, who needs it most? It's those who don't know you. It's not, as Jesus said, it's not who's those who are saved, the righteous. I didn't come for them. I love them, but I came to call sinners. I came for the sick. I came for the most, the most in critical condition. How many know they're the ones in the hospital that are focused on the most? The most critical condition. It's not people that have been in the hospital five days, got their tonsils out, eating an ice cream. Sorry, it's not. Maybe you cried in that situation. I don't know. But it's people that are literally just dying within seconds of their life. They're the ones that need it the most. And I'm going to tell you right now, people need to hear the gospel. They need it. It's so important. It's so necessary. They're the ones who need it. And so I feel like sometimes we just limit it to, well, I'm not ready and I don't know enough and I don't know anybody. Listen, we've got to say, Lord, like Jesus, I'm here to seek and save those who need it the most. I'm here to seek and save. Who needs this message today? Who needs to hear my story? Who needs to hear about the blood? Who needs to hear about the precious blood of Jesus? Let me leave you with this quote today from, from Catherine Booth. 
She was the wife of William Booth, who was the founder of Salvation Army. Catherine Booth said this in 1855. I felt as though I must go and walk the streets and besiege the dens where these hellish iniquities are going on. To keep quiet seemed like being a traitor to humanity. I mean, no, we gotta tell our story. We gotta, we gotta tell our story. See, the what is, is the command. That what is what we do is a command. That's what, that's what Jesus told us to do. The what we do is a command, but the why we do it is because of God's love. Because God right now says, look, all these people, there are so many people. I love every one of them. Every one of them are supposed to be saved. Every one of them I died and Jesus came and died for. Every one of them are important to me. I want every one of them in heaven. Come on, somebody. But I have to, how am I going to get those people? You think about how is God going to get those people into heaven? Well, it's you and me. It's our story. And so God needs us. He needs this right now. He, he's saying, look, this is so important. This isn't something that you can say, well, I'm not good at it or I don't need it. No, this is so necessary. This is so important in our lives. Amen. This isn't a side issue. As I said from the very beginning, this isn't a side issue. This is so important to God. So I want you to pray today, Lord, who can I tell my story to? Let's bow our heads and let's just ask the Lord. Father, I just pray that you would make me, Lord, just so not just sensitive, aware. Let me be aware more of how needed my story is. And that's not saying it in pride. That's not saying I'm going to save them, but it's saying my experience, the gospel of Jesus Christ, the word of God, these things are going to help get people, Lord, lead them to you. Find answers, Lord. Bring healing to their life. Deliverance, Lord. Father, this is so necessary. We just thank you, Lord, that you have filled us with the testimony of Jesus. We are enabled to give the testimony by the Holy Spirit of Jesus. We are empowered to show evidence through signs and wonders and miracles. We are empowered to do that, Lord, because, Lord, what Jesus did, we just are empowered. So, Lord, now we just need, Lord, that first step. We just need to keep going in it, keep moving in it, keep living in it, Lord, to be that living witness and that daily, as David said, to publish Jesus Christ daily. Amen to those who need it most. We just thank you, Lord, that you are doing such a good work in our city. And as Jesus said, the harvest is ready right now. People are ready to hear it right now. There's many people that don't want to. Yeah, we know that, Lord. There's many people that hate us for doing it. We know that. But we also know that there's people that are ready today to hear our story through Jesus Christ. And everybody said, amen and amen. Can we give the Lord a cheer this morning? Amen.